Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the podcast dedicated to the creatives and professionals driving the independent entertainment industry. We'd like to welcome John Montoya, a voiceover editor based in California that recently began living his dream, or for many of us, the dream. Welcome to the show and tell us about this professional dream you had. Hey, hey, well, first of all, thank you for having me. You're an awesome person. When you reached out to me, I was like, whoa, I didn't expect to get interviewed this quickly in my career. But yeah, man, thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so yes, uh, I am a dialogue slash voiceover editor in mainly in the game industry, although I've worked on some television shows and stuff like that. Um, let's see here. I moved here in June. Uh, California to pursue my full-time career after I basically lost my job at another place in Texas. They basically laid me off. So I was like, you know what? Instead of working a quote, normal job, I'm going to pursue my dream in the industry. And somehow I've made it work. I've made it work so far and I'm, <laughs> it's been a wild ride. Hey, I have to give uh, credit to anybody who takes that blind leap of faith when uh, you're like, I want to go for it. I don't have a net and I'm going to jump anyway. And uh, that's always a really brave thing. Oh, well, dude, thank you. Uh, the, the story of how I got here is actually kind of crazy. Uh, so after I lost my job, uh, my, I had a buddy working at a recording studio in Burbank and he was like, hey, we're hiring. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go for it. So on a Friday afternoon, I submitted my application, waited over the weekend. And then on that Monday, I received an email from the, one of the coordinators asking if I can uh, go to an interview the next day. Well, I'm still in Texas. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's time for me to play, uh, book a plane ticket. So that same <laughs> night, I booked a plane ticket. Um, it was, I actually almost lost a plane ticket because uh, um, the booking was really stupid. I was like really stressed out about it, but thankfully I was able to get it to work. Uh, I left early in the morning from Austin, flew into LAX at around 10 o'clock. My interview was at 11, 11, 15 or so. And my Uber for some reason or another was late. So I ended up uh, showing up late to the interview, but still getting the position. So, you know, Hey, you, you know, you got to, sometimes you just got to do it. Uh, yeah. You just got to do it. Um, so tell, you know, tell me a little bit about the ins and outs of, you know, what, what this kind of editing involves, especially in video games. I mean, I know from the voice oh, yeah. actor side, they're like, video games can be the best and they can be the worst because you're just saying the same line over and over and over again and <laughs> in different way, but in different ways. One time you're whispering, one time you're screaming mm -hmm. and eventually, you know, you find an end, but it's, it's hard to, it's one of the harder things to voice act. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I typically do, it depends on the client, depends on the game. Of course, uh, my job uh, is to basically make sure the audio sounds good. There's it's free of, let's say excessive breathing or breaths, uh, no uh, crackles or any, any kind of artifacting in the audio. Uh, a lot of th thanks to COVID-19, we've had to deal with a lot of, uh, uh, remote editing, or, sorry, remote recording. So sometimes our actors don't really know how to, you know, properly set everything up at home. So it's my job to fix any kind of like background noise or, you know, any kind of unwanted audio artifacts. 
Yeah, I, I know um, a voice actor, uh, Sheremy Lee, I believe, she lives near some railroad tracks. And oh. she, she has to time it like to do uh, to do voiceover from her home studio uh-huh. when the train isn't uh, when the trains aren't running by. So, <laughs> yeah, I could I could see how that that can be a problem, especially in the, the recording from home business do you, in a more nerdy way. Is it. I mean when they're recording from home, are they sending you like the lossless files or do they render it down? Oh, thankfully they send me the, the raw audio from their end. So we use a, what's called source connect. And basically it's software that lets you literally connect to the source of the actor's audio. So it's close to lossless uh, quality as possible, but considering still over the internet, they're still, they're still going to have some minor hiccups here and there. So we have the actor typically, at least uh, depending on the studio, uh, we have the actor record on their end. And then we take both the source connect and raw audio. Uh, Sometimes believe it or not, the actor's audio is lower quality than the source connect audio. I've had, had some kind of one job I had, I had an actor's internet connection kind of just go out, but the source connect audio still stayed. So I use a combination of both the raw audio and source connect. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that sounds like it could be, um, uh, pretty, pretty complicated and flying by the seat of your pants. Cause you don't have control of the entire, uh, environment like you would in an in-house recording studio. Oh, and the worst part about remotes is I have to sync the audio with the uh, actor's audio because it's um, because it's it's separated. It's not in the same. We use Pro Tools at one of my studios, so we don't have that audio recording at the same time. It's not synced. So one of my jobs is to literally look at each take and see where it is uh, in the session. Sometimes we'll have like one line at let's say uh, twenty at the twenty minute line like uh line one will be there line two will be at 40 minutes line three will be at 10 minutes like I, it's all over the place sometimes so that sounds I, maddening it's oh gosh i've 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 banged my head on the wall like so many times <laughs> i've made a dent <laughs> um yeah that's the worst part about remotes is having to sync the audio uh gosh it's a nightmare yeah i i can i i honestly uh i i can sympathize and manage uh in, in some ways because uh, when i used to do some stuff for uh i used to work for a healthcare system and record doctors and the doctors would want to be like record at home and then give it to me and just say just syncing them up with a whole powerpoint deck was a nightmare because <laughs> um, they all think they can do it i'm like yep no <laughs> have somebody who know who can read at a good pace without an accent so thick that I can't understand you. Uh, yeah. It's, they, but they all, you know, of course they all think they could do it and uh, never realize how hard it is to read a paragraph and not screw up. Uh, so oh, and, and cold reads are the worst, especially uh, if you're, uh, if you're still new to the industry, uh, cold reads when new, when a newbie um, is reading a script for the first time it can be kind of cringy because it's it'll they'll take like 20 minutes to do like one line like dude come on we have only two hours to do this entire like 40 page script we have to get this over with 
Yeah. I, 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 I've got this one kid, a high school kid in one of my, uh, one of my classes. Um, he generally does a, a cold read most of the time because, you know, we do the morning announcements like a, a news show and he, he's really good. Um, they all being kids, they still have that Ron Burgundy. I will read exactly what is on the page. Um, at times. So if I don't get it right, they kind of screw it up, but uh, he's just amazing. I, I hope that he's looking to do some sort of career with his voice because it's, it, it, he's got a lot of talent there and I'm trying to encourage him in that area because he's, he's got this amazing ability to read. He's one of those voices you like to listen to. And man, it's so it's so much easier nowadays to get into the industry. It's you, all you need is maybe two, three hundred bucks worth of audio equipment, and then bam, you can be in a video game or commercial. It's insane. Yeah. So I would definitely encourage him to do that. Yeah, I I mean I I went the whole route and got lessons and created a demo and all that fun stuff. And it's just for for me, it's just been a chance at finding the right opportunities, which this isn't what I want. I wasn't, it, it wasn't like, oh my God, this needs to be the, the career that I end up in. It's more like, this is something that I've always wanted to do. This is something I've always wanted to know more about and what a better way to understand it than try and go through the process of it. And I, I'd be a happy man if, if, if one day, you know, I got cast as a background character, you know, just that, that <laughs> voice in the background. <laughs> Come uh, on, character... you can do it. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> random character A, B, and C. Yes, yes. Uh, I love random. I mean, hey, those those background characters. And what I love sometimes is you see that the the like the lead actors are also doing voices for the background characters, and yep. that is spectacular. A lot of people are it's like think it's shameful if you get into like an anime or whatever and you're only voicing background characters it's like no one it's a paycheck it's a gig yes who a lot of the lead actors like all these big name actors that you typically think of they don't always land those big gigs sometimes they're only cast to do certain things maybe they maybe they have the perfect voice for this one random dude in the marketplace or whatever like yeah it's it's horrible how people are all like oh oh well so-and-so had a, a bigger role how come you couldn't it's like no dude like it's it's like an orchestra you have to have all of these people make one big awesome thing so i, I think about the like the the background actors as they're like the um the set musicians yes oh yeah they're the set musicians of the of the dubbing world you know they hey they work steady they do their work professional um, I had the opportunity to be an extra in a film and oh, that dude, was nice. amazing work. Uh, yeah. I got to spend about four hours, about 20 feet from Tom Hanks. So <laughs> oh, dude, it was like a master's class in <gasps> acting. Yeah. Now that's an experience. Oh, it, the uh, yes. And I was ironically playing an audio engineer. <laughs> of course. Of course I was standing at the edge of the stage as he stood there uh, with the Uptown Quartet uh, for uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So he was playing Fred Rogers and I was standing there at the edge of the stage listening to the Uptown Quartet, changing my body position 
three times and looking interested the entire time. So it was, yeah, it was a great, I mean, 16 hour day, but it was amazing. Here, let me just pick up my jaw off the ground. Holy crap. That's amazing. It was was really cool. It really was. And uh, I'm I'm so happy I got to do it. My wife got cast actually, but her scene got cut. Oh no. (laughs) She was in the elevator with, um, uh, what's his name? Reese. Um, uh, the guy who married Felicity from God. Yeah. 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 I can't remember his name, but she was in an elevator with him and that scene, her scene got oh. cut. Oh. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it's just how it is. And, but yeah, like it do be like that sometimes. Background roles. I, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's like when I started writing, um, being paid to write, uh, being paid to write for um, uh, anime website. I was being paid to watch cartoons. I wasn't being paid much, but I was being paid to watch cartoons. And that was, to me, that's like living the dream there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a grown man and I have a reason to watch what I love and people are reading my opinion about it. And that was, that was an amazing, uh, amazing job. I can relate. Uh, I write also on the side, I write plugin reviews for music, uh, hard, hardware and software. So I never thought I'd be able to write about my favorite plugins and get uh, my favorite plugins for free. That's it's, yeah. it's really cool. It's, it's I, I know what you're coming from. So what, what set you on this road in general to, uh, to, to understand what kind of like background did you need to get into this part of the industry well first off luck uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i i consider myself to be very very lucky because it it's it can be very competitive uh, especially if you're an actor um what really started that i you know i i didn't start off as an audio engineer a voiceover editor um i first started off as a composer for film and television i signed my first publishing deal at 17 that ultimately landed my music in like television shows like catfish uh oh gosh i can't think of any others off the top of my head but uh yeah um i've always been interested in voiceover i've I, I, I never like made any funny voices growing up, but I've always admired the industry. Even at a young age, I, I like, I, I knew like they were the unsung heroes of our industry. And now that we live in this great modern age where everyone knows who everyone is, it, we wouldn't have to, we, we know who our favorite actors are nowadays. So um, it's, that's really great. Uh, let's see here. I would say the reason why I got into voiceover in general is, uh, I'm not sure, do you, do you know Dave Fenoy uh, by chance? It, the name doesn't ring a bell. I knew him as Lee Everett in uh, Telltale's Walking Dead. Okay. Uh, he's He's been in all sorts of things. He's, he's, he's an amazing dude. It's really humble. Love him to death. So I was at E3 2015. It was my very first E3. I was 19 at the time. And by then I'd felt like, you know what? I think I am worthy enough to ask people I admire to go out to lunch or whatever. Like I, 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 I've always struggled with imposter syndrome. So I never felt like I could contact these folks that I wanted to work with because, you know, at the time I was still very, I was still yeah. a teenager and I still two, suffer from imposter syndrome. So 
dude, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Oh, it can be so bad and crippling sometimes. Uh, so I'm at E3 and I'm, I'm in a hotel and I said, you know what? If I'm able to get into an industry only event before it was open to the public, I think I can ask some people out and like, hey, let's, let's, go, let's get some lunch. So uh, I had this thing where I would add my favorite uh, voice actors or whatever on Facebook to see if they would actually accept my friend request. So that's the only reason why I was in contact with Dave. It's because he just accepted my friend request. I was like, sweet. So I sent him a message like, hey, I'm in town for E3. Would you like to grab lunch? And so we did. Uh, we got some lunch. We met another person named Randall Ryan. Uh, Hampshire Ball Studios down in Austin, Texas. Shout out to my friends. Uh, it was an amazing time. I was with my brother. We ate burgers. We talked about the industry. It was amazing. Then something unexpected happened. I did not expect him to be like, hey, want to come hang out with me? And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> so <laughs> we're walking down, we're going back into the Staples Center. And I don't even know, like this dude just attracts so many people. Um, when we walk back into the Staples Center, all of a sudden, all these League of Legends voice actors like come walking in. We had, oh, I'm trying to remember who... I met like it met like so many people at once. It's, it's incredible. I'm forgetting some of their names right now, but after we went up, I went upstairs. Um, we were just walking and people were just just noticing David, and I'm just in awe because all, like he crashed a GameSpot show because they were like, "Oh my God, Dave, how are you doing? Come up here, like, we're, we're live." And I'm just standing there, and it's just it's so it was mesmerizing. I I wanted to be like Dave. He introduced me to a lot of amazing people who I'm still friends with. Uh, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am because he really introduced me to a lot of uh, a lot of people that who would ultimately help me with my career. And I got I got to give a special shout out to Owen Thomas for just being there when I needed someone. That uh, just wow, just yeah it's incredible <laughs> so i i basically started uh my voiceover career as a as a fanboy who somehow became a full-time professional yeah <laughs> six that's, years later that's that's a really cool story hey, you know it it is something that like you said the imposter syndrome trying to to get over that idea that you know go talk to the cool kids you know that they're the cool kids mm -hmm. and i am just the person who uh is on the sidelines and i i i have had that imposter syndrome issue to the detriment of my own career at times um i was working in a tv shop where i my main role was a photographer and there was a position open as a for a full-time reporter that i didn't apply for because in my mind, it was above my station. It I was know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it was above my station. It was not something that, you know, even though I was, I was the one who trained, I was like, you know, kind of like you think the sergeant and the, you train the lieutenants how to work in the army. You know, I trained the reporters how to do everything, but I didn't think it was my, it, I thought it was above me to say, hey, you know what? I can do their job just as well. 
And so I let that opportunity pass me by. Um, I still had a great career, but it just, that would have really sent me in my career on a different track because I didn't think that was my role. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. something we all have to deal with and contend with and just get over our hangups. Um, For me, my problem is I started my career at a very, very young age. Uh, as a freshman in high school, I started, I worked on my first video game. It was an Xbox Live indie game. It was a shoot 'em up And it's one of those things where for some reason, a lot of people don't count indie as quote experience, even though I've had a decade of experience, a lot of studios are like, no, you've never worked on AAA game. Therefore you've never, you don't have any experience. And so when I have all of these people who I admire tell me I'm basically a nobody because I haven't worked at a real studio, it's one of those things where it's like, I start, I kind of start to believe them. Yes. It was, it's, it was really bad. It, the only reason I was able to work at the studio that I did in Burbank is because my friend worked there and he was able to put a good word in for me. Uh, one of the biggest things to finding success is networking is sometimes it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, Oh, uh, Hey, I worked in TV news. That is a big part of it. Yep. Uh, it, it is. It, it really is. Your breaks come from who, you know, you, your next job comes from your network. And that's, that's how that, that goes. Hey, and the thing is though, you talked about how your friend helped you get the gig. At one point, me, my brother, my younger sister, my brother's future fiance, my future fiance at the time, all worked at the same TV station at the same time. <laughs> Dude. So, wow. yeah, it, you know, it, for, for, for two amazing years. I mean, it truly was, you went to work with your family um, and it was really cool, but it was a small station and they liked to hire locals when they could. And so they pulled us all together at the time and they were like, you know, we were all in different departments, but it was great. Though also that professional, let the door open thing, you know, it was uh, the, it wasn't um, Steve Jobs who made doubled the amount of circuits on the atari uh, circuit board it was this pal was who came in and uh after hours and hung out with him that did it but wasniak didn't get credit for doubling the circuits because he wasn't an employee hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that story still pisses me off <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yep. Hey, I think he, I think he ended up doing just fine. Yeah. I, I would say so. Just, I, I think he ended up doing okay. <laughs> yeah, the, so, I mean, you said uh, your schedules, your schedule kind of fluctuates a lot. So yes. for those who really don't understand the, the life of someone who works in an on-demand industry, which is kind of what TV news is in a lot of ways too. Um, how do you figure, how does that, how does that happen? I mean, is it, you know, just like you, people make appointments and you got to make house calls. How is it done? So right now uh, I work at a, one studio in particular in North Hollywood 
they have a lot of clients come in. They're like really, really big. So I, I it's one of those is, I guess I, hmm. I was able to work full-time hours at just at that one studio because they had a huge backlog of recordings that needed editing. Once that backlog decreases and the work dries up, I then look for other actors or studios or companies that need uh, dialogue editing. It's a huge thing uh, out here that I come to find out. You would be surprised how many audio editing gigs there are in the Los Angeles Burbank area. Uh, I, I'm very fortunate because I came out here at the right time, seemingly, because all of a sudden I've been told that a lot of the engineers are actually moving to Texas or away from California because it's too expensive out here. But then there's me, who's apparently an idiot who wants to suffer. And so uh, to L.A. from Austin. Yeah, yeah there's a cost yeah. of living difference there. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> it's just as strange. But yes, there's a cost of living difference. <sighs> yeah. To give you an idea, if I, uh, if I was making the amount of money that I'm making now in Texas, I could afford a house. <laughs> Instead, I can I can barely afford a studio apartment. So, you know, just to give you an idea of how expensive it is out here in California. Yeah, we 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 have lived in multiple places like, uh, um, uh, well, Her Her Hershey slash Harrisburg, PA, uh, mm-hmm. outside of D- mm-hmm. then outside of DC. And then um, uh, Pittsburgh, and now Florida, and the cost of living uh, for us in our hometown, which is outside of DC, is so much more expensive than Pittsburgh, or uh, or it is here in Florida. If if we have, yeah, we, the it's it's amazing how that changes. Because you know what we yep. would, what you would spend on a apartment in the D.C. area, you could rent a house here yep. in Florida, mm. which is I know amazing. <laughs> it, it's amazing, but did we want to live with the cold weather anymore? No, absolutely not. We <laughs> we were done with snow, so we 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 put our. Uh, put our feelers out and my wife got this nice job down here in the sun, sunshine state so but it's uh yeah it's it's a it's about what your priorities are a lot exactly of too. yeah but to really answer your question to be on demand it's it can be difficult at times because you'll have weeks where you don't have any work and then you'll have weeks where you're working 12 13 hour days because the workload is just like so heavy it's one it, I have to constantly reach out to clients and be like, hey, uh, here's my schedule. If you have any work, uh, meet new people who are looking for audio editors and just constantly growing that network of clients so I can always have work. So the, that goes back to networking. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And who I know helps me land clients because in this industry, uh, word of mouth is king. A lot of my clients, I think, wink, wink, nudge, nudge in the yeah. voiceover, word of mouth. Ha ha ha. <laughs> ha, ha. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> oh, great. I, I, I love I'm, I'm stealing that one. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I think almost all of my clients are referrals from my friends. 
I think I would under 10% are actually like me reaching out to them doing cold emails or cold calls saying, Hey, I'm available for work. So uh, I'm very fortunate that my friends believe in me and are willing to put the reputation on the line to refer me, which is why I always make sure that I do my best. Hey, and, and that's, that's something that I think some of us who have had, and my wife is a perfect example in this case, she doesn't know how not to give everything she's got to whatever she's working on at the time and to her own detriment at times. And because you, some people just don't know how to do anything halfway. That's me. <laughs> yeah. um, what kind of, uh, what kind of, would I recognize the names of any of the kinds of audio programs you work with? What, do, what is your I, basic oh, editing gosh. done on? <laughs> the industry standard, unfortunately, which is Pro Tools. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be my main DAW. Yeah, the, the main program that we use for editing is uh, Pro Tools. In some studios, you'll see Reaper. Um, the standard editing tools that I've noticed, uh, uh, Isotope RX, and just any kind of like stock plugin for compressors or EQ, we do all of our editing mainly in uh, Isotope RX. Okay. I mean, so it's a little different than when I first stepped into an audio studio. Uh, and it was actually it honest to God, it was real to real. I learned how to edit real to real. Oh, I, I love I, that so much. <laughs> I was, I was there through their, through the real to real to digital revolution. And I agree. There are some positives and negatives to both. Um, yeah, I, I really, well, here's the key. So what does it take? What does it take to get good? at audio editing? <sighs> For me, it took a lot of patience and trial and error. Okay. To get really good, you, you kind of have to have someone there let you know if you suck or not, because <laughs> if you don't have a reference, you're, you're, you're going to obviously think all the work that you do is phenomenal. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to like, stuff my foot in my mouth when i've said yeah I'm, a, I'm i'm awesome i know what i'm doing and then all of a sudden i have someone who has worked in a studio for 20 plus years tell me uh you made a simple mistake how could you miss this and then when i hear it or when I, he shows me the area and lets me listen to it i actually hear the mistake so to know when you're good is to have someone tell you that you're bad okay well it's it's kind of like the the I was telling my kids in the editing class, uh, don't ever title a project file final. <laughs> it's like, it's like bad luck because <laughs> it'll be final. That'll be final, final, final 2.0 having flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. So I like never, never, never title your render final. It just is asking for trouble because you you constantly you'll listen to it and there are things i'm sure that you've done where you're like this is perfect this is this is absolutely perfect and then you go back and listen to it and you're like yep i should have done this or maybe i should have adjusted this here and yeah you're never quite satisfied that's me with my music i have to wait at least a day before i release it and listen to it again with fresh ears 
I've scrapped entire projects because of of that. I'm like, why did I think this was this was awesome last night? Uh, this is horrible. <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, any advice that you would give uh, to anyone who's considering a career in uh, audio? Oh boy. <laughs> any advice hmm when you network don't don't network to don't go into networking with the intention of meeting people just to find an opportunity make real friendships genuine friendships people you want to be around because that spreads quickly in any industry just by your work ethic how you work with other people your skill level of course and be yourself make genuine relationships and don't be fake we've i've seen so many people who attempt to network with big famous celebrities or whatever just so they can get work and not and that's really it's 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 a parasitic relationship it's it's horrible i i have to thank my my best friend and brother at this point river can off for getting me into so many places if it weren't for him i wouldn't have a full-time career i first met him on a game that's now called fallen aces back in 2015 and i never i never we never expected to be friends we, we it was just one of those things where, where we were just working on a game together all of a sudden I'm visiting his, his place in California, just spending the night and doing all these awesome things, making music together. He's, he's been there with me through thick and thin. And when I told him, Hey, it's, it's time for me to do this. I'm moving to California for real this time. He, he stepped up to, to the plate and went and batted for me. He recommended me to a lot of people he continually helps me by networking, ensuring that I'm, because I, I, I have some bad mental health days. He's he's there to make sure that I'm insane and he helps me with my imposter syndrome. So my biggest piece of advice is to make real friends, maintain those relationships because you never know what will happen. Yeah, I think that's some absolutely wonderful advice. Uh, whether you're going in the audio business, the news business, or any other thing, is to be genuine and seek out those genuine connections. Um, I want to thank John for taking time to speak with us today. And if you like what you've heard and want to hear more, click the subscribe button. And until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.